Hello and welcome back to a new episode of Bean Voice. Today, I have the pleasure to talk again with Hokon Reisvan, and we are going to talk about artificial intelligence. Hi, Hokon. Yes, How are we you are. Doing? I'm doing very fine. It's a lovely weather here in uh, Santa Norway. Yeah, I don't doubt about that. The view looks very, very nice and uh, chill. So you're definitely relaxing during the summer holidays. No, I'm not relaxing. But no, uh, no I'm just fishing every day. Just fly oh. fishing all the time. Interesting. So and working. Yeah, yeah, but I mean just being in that uh, surroundings. It's not like being yeah, in no. Oslo. The pace of every day, it's much uh, lower and yeah, you feel definitely inspired by the, the view and the being there, right? Yeah, but I also think I have a personality configuration that doesn't allow me to relax. Okay. What do you want to share with me about artificial intelligence? No, today we're going to, uh, to understand AI. That's what we're going to do today, Patrick. So all your viewers today will have a hundred percent control over what AI is and where it's going and uh, how <laughs> insanely difficult the problem is and uh, to get a real wrap around what AI is because like there's no secrets. <laughs> no one in our industry really knows what AI is and mm. AI today is definitely not AI. So. Uh, so we're going to talk about AI and clarify a few things, Petru. Does that That's sound interesting. Good? You are very bold today. You really thought that you will deliver a lot of value. So go Am ahead. I losing it, my please. hair that quickly? Oh yeah, bold, that's in brave. Okay. I don't have that impressive hair growth on my head, so probably going away. Yeah, it was AI we were going to talk about. So maybe, Petru, you've noticed that I've been talking a lot about this Jordan Peterson guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty strange when you're working with a technology company in construction. Yeah, the yeah. least you could say, yes. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's not. It's the most rational thing ever because what John Peterson is doing is explaining why it's so hard to build general intelligence. That's no joke. Jordan Peterson is the one I've learned the most about AI from. Maybe my programmer, Fred Gibson as well, or my partner, Fred Gibson, I mean, in Graph Matrix. But there are some similarities between the guy claiming to model the world like humans model the world through space and time and the professor who creates this world model from neurology, psychology, evolution, religion and history, all those mind subjects. He's sort of teaching people how to be in the world and Fred Gibson is teaching uh, algorithms how to operate in the world. So um, in order to understand artificial intelligence, we have to understand the Jordan Peterson model of what the world is. And then we have to figure out how intelligence humans operates in that world. And then we have to figure out how to imitate that. But to start with the abstract, the world is relative. So in understanding is relative. So intelligence is relative. So you need to model relativity. So you need graph databases and ontologies. But I'm going to, to make it a little bit more clear that. So first, the Jordan Peterson model. What he is doing is, um, of course, he's trying to inspire people so we get a better future. And let's uh, assume that humans living in accordance with their nature are happier than people that don't. And that people that don't often 
has more conflict in their lives, more sadness, more depression. So let's say we want to live in accordance with our best nature in order to get a good future. So what Jordan Peterson has made, he's made this fantastic model of how to operate in the world. And he does that by pointing out to the mother of all problems, the problem of categorization. Well, he calls it uh, the postmodern conundrum or is ought, David Hume's is ought, or the map is not the territory. It's all talking about the consequences of the fact that the world is relative, like Einstein said. So the way we experience that is that everything is subjective. Like uh, Arthur Schopenhauer said, uh, there is no objective reality. And uh, if you listen to Donald Hoffman, you know that space-time is doomed. And uh, this reality we live in is very, very complex. But let's take it from the Jordan Peterson perspective and talk about the way he describes it as a postmodern conundrum. And uh, that says that the world is infinitely complex. But what does that mean? How is the world infinitely complex? It is because we see it differently. So let's say you have this base reality. We know that what we see isn't base reality. We see our senses mapped onto the world. We don't really, we can't really know what, what the world is. And what the AI guys thinks the last two AI winters is that the world is simple to move in, but it's not. It's absolutely not. It's very, very difficult to move in. Maybe as a human, you don't think that, but the way you feel the pain is definitely through communication. And uh, the P. Jordan Peterson model is so genius because what it says is that reality is infinitely complex. And there are, let's just take humans now, there are of course other consciousnesses like animals and plants and bacteria and stuff like that, probably. But uh, humans, we have a nature. But it's a little bit different from person to person. You know, he uses this big five model to sort of uh, say that uh, conservatives are high in conscientiousness, low in openness, opposite on the liberal side. But that means that the liberals, they value newness. They value novelty. Conservatives, they value safety. They think in borders, closed borders, open borders. And agreeable people, they like the now. They like people. Disagreeable people, they prioritize the future. So it's sort of like this. If you exclude uh, the sensitivity to emotions, neuroticism and extroversion, you, you can make this uh, cross diagram that says like humans as a race, we're going forward uh, and we need to make decisions and we have new ideas. Liberal says yes, conservative says no, of course. And in, in, in politics, they're just basically creating a dumpster fire. But in reality, we need to have those people talking together. That's the idea behind the religion, getting people to collaborate through a shared narrative. And today we have like two narratives on each side of politics. So that's the most dangerous thing ever. So that's really scary, uh, but uh, he's trying to fix it. But the genius of his, his model is that by understanding human nature, psychology, neurology, history, uh, religion and evolution, you get sort of a, a model of how the human works. And if you understand how humans differ in personality or how they differ in values, you understand that we don't disagree that much. It's not that we disagree, it's that we see different world. And that's scary. That's really scary when you really get it. So let's get into the nitty gritty of it. So let's say I have this glass of water here, Petru, but I don't see a glass of water. What I see is the value of the 
thing inside the cup relative to my values. I don't see a glass of water. I see hydration. That's what I see. I see the functionality. So that's the thing. Like IT systems today, they describe objects. No, the world is not constructed by objects. In the world, we see patterns across time. This cup is a pattern across time. A stock is a pattern across time, but we don't see the object. We see the functions. But uh, for the cup, I probably I see hydration, but I also see something I can throw in the head of my programmer if it doesn't finish, right? But you don't know that I have that, that function associated with the concept of cup. So think about Roe versus Wade now, abortion, the word abortion. Do you think liberals and conservatives has the same functionality associated with the word abortion? No, they're not talking to each other. They're talking straight past each other. And that's scary to think about. But that's how we operate in the world. We see functions. We ask for functions. That's how we do. And an IT system is something that gives you answers to questions according to objects. But in the real world where it's relative, you ask for functionality. And that is what uh, general AI is about. So now we have the Jordan Peterson way, the more like nitty gritty way. And one more. So the way humans operate in the world. So when the AI winter, we thought that, yeah, the world was made by objects. So it's really easy to recognize thing. But the problem is, where do you interpret it? Which context do you interpret it? In the, the postmodern conundrum, it's like the Marxists uh, fucked up pretty bad and postmodernism were coming from culture because like you have to interpret the word within the context of the sentence, sentence in the context of paragraph, paragraph in chapter, chapter in book, book in books, book in culture, plus the person reading the book with all his prior knowledge. So the sort of crash between the person and the book is infinitely complex. And that is what the postmodernist did was, yes, the world is infinitely complex, so there is no truth. So nihilism and all of that stuff that has actually inspired. It was Derrida that started with this stupid deconstructionism that sort of inspired all of those brain-dead professors that has now inspired all of those brain-dead kids who has now inspired brain-dead big tech. So that's that's sort of a problem. And you can you can actually see the the parallels between how Derrida uh, destroyed not all but many uh, Western universities with all of those studies, those life sciences studies, by deconstructing everything. And you can take a parallel from what Mark Zuckerberg is doing with neural networks by deconstructing uh, everything. How you see how it boils over in politics, and Jonathan Haidt has just confirmed that the business model is, um, yeah, driving up suicide in teens especially girls. Bottom of the Instagram hierarchy is a scary place to be. For girls, I'm there as well, but it's not that much. <laughs> but that's sort of the big problem that Derrida inspired the universities not to go for human nature. They went from Nietzsche to Derrida instead of Nietzsche to Jung, because Carl Jung was the, the sort of guy that really made a map of the phenomenological insights of humans with the archetypes and stuff like that. So it's really interesting how when we just do analysis, we break the world. When we try to understand, we can help the world. So it's all about understanding. So let's go technical now. AI today is pattern recognition. You understand, Petru? These neural yes. networks is pattern recognition. And that's something your brain does. 
definitely recognizes uh, things in the world. So pattern recognition is something the brain does. But you can also think, Petru. And that's where your intelligence is. You can understand <laughs> and think. I know you can think. Don't be ironic, <laughs> Petru. You're a smart guy. <laughs> Thanks. So that is pattern recognition. That's what we get today. And we can do a lot of uh, smart things with pattern uh, recognition. But we can't solve full self-drive. So maybe the title of this podcast could be Jordan Peterson teaches Elon Musk why full self-drive doesn't work. Why it's so difficult. Because it is really difficult. Because a pattern is just a pattern. A concept is a pattern understood by intelligence, by definition. So let's say you have this cup in the world, this infinitely complex cup, because it, from my perspective, it's a cup. But from a bird's perspective, it's a suicide. <laughs> or from a bacteria, it's this giant construction. So it's like, it's all relative. Mm -hmm. But the cup, from my perspective, is a concept defined by the functionality of the cup. Yes. So what we're doing with conceptual computing is multifunctional pattern computing is what we're doing. Um, and what Jordan Peterson is talking about is that, of course, from the postmodern conundrum, at what level do you interpret? Do you interpret the quantum physics? Do you interpret the atoms, the molecules, the biology, the entire group of people? On, on what level do you interpret? And that's why it's so difficult to move in the world. Because you know that Boston Dynamics video, how it takes all those somersaults and get all of this perfect. Yeah, if you do it a thousand times, you maybe do that, but they're not on that level at all. So it's really, really difficult robots. Like we've had robots in movies since the like 80s and we were sure they were coming, but it's way, way, way more difficult than people think. So we have this problem that the world is infinitely complex. We have the mother of all problems, the problems of categorization, because a way of saying that the world is infinitely complex is to say that the world consists of an infinite amount of facts. And for example, when I'm pitching to the conservative industry, they see risk facts when I say possibility facts. We see the same thing and I see the possibilities and they see the risks. It's really good if we collaborate, but most humans just think that that guy is different from me, so he's weird. <laughs> But it's really about getting those two perspectives to really work together. But where do you start in that world where things is infinitely complex, Petro? Where would you start? Good question. With the problem of categorization. I have no idea. Because Socrates, he said that I don't know anything. I'm just asking questions. He did that until they killed him. I do the same. I hope yes. nobody will kill me soon. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope not. Uh, let's hope that uh, China doesn't become the dominant world power in our lifetime. Because I know I will not survive that paradigm. <laughs> no, I will be thrown in a hole and executed. So let's just uh, hope that doesn't happen. So where do you start? So we have Socrates, but then comes another guy called Aristotle, and he has some ideas. We'll get back to those ideas. First, let's make the hierarchy of Western or of the science, Western science or science. So uh, science, it starts with Western philosophy, with philosophy. It's called philosophia. It's the love of knowledge. Why do you love knowledge? Because if you have knowledge, you don't make mistakes and you don't die. So we love knowledge. That's actually a very interesting question. I don't know why I love knowledge, but I think it's... I know why I know to learn. love knowledge. No, no, no. I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. I know 100%. I know it... No. And the curiosity. All I'm very curious. Yes. Personally, I'm very curious and I want to learn, but I don't know why. I'm just... No, I can like tell this. you. I can tell you. 
I know why. It's because you're an evolved animal that has been killed over and over and over again, killed and eaten and killed and murdered all the time. Like we live in fantasy now. It's been <laughs> so knowledge, so you don't get killed. It's very exhilarating because it communicates to your nature that you'll survive. That's interesting. I never thought like this to this yes. paradigm. That was Emmanuel Kant and then Friedrich Nietzsche was, no, it, it's will to power. And then Jung, no, no, it's will to experience. And that's mm. what it's really about. That's why Jung is the smartest man ever. People don't know this, but for a period in his life, Carl Jung had uh, Sunday dinners with Einstein every week. Little fun fact, but let's get back to where to begin. You have mm. science, and science has to solve the problem of com uh, categorization before it begins in order, because let's say that philosophy, everything is built on philosophy, because philosophy is basically metaphysics, what the hell is this stuff, and epistemology, let's try to understand it, and from that you get logic, and from logic you get mathematics, and chemistry and physics, and quantum physics, and all of that, so it's all built on a foundation. So you have to start with the foundation. And what Aristotle did was create the organon, which solves the problem of categorization in the best possible way for science. Not solve, solve it, but it's the best strategy. So we built logic on top of that genus and species. What it's all about. So that is what is written in our code. So in order to sort of capitalize on science, you should start by uh, the organon. There is no other place to start if you're going to create the general intelligence that understands the world. So you have to start there. So that's sort of my my problem with getting investments and stuff is that, that I get a low evaluation because they don't really understand what it is, how insanely, insanely, insanely valuable it is because they don't understand how complicated the world is and they don't understand why they have to start there if they are going to create uh, general intelligence. So it's sort of every IT system has a classification system in the bottom of it that solves their problem of categorization. And there are so many of those and they don't work. It's sort of a simplification. So we just get the functionality we absolutely need. They don't understand how to fundamentally categorize in order to build the most valuable thing ever and the most dangerous thing ever. Elon Musk is definitely right about that, even though he's, he's not right about solving AI through neural network. Because like, if you listen to Jeff Hawkins, he says that you need knowledge representation in order to solve it. So that's why you need ontologies. But one of the interesting things about that book is that when people operate in the world, it's not like we choose to do things, we vote. Our neocortex has this fundamental cortical column algorithm. So when you make a decision, it's probably 30, no, 70, yes. And it's all like a percentage. And you, you know this from experience that you're not always 100% decided. So it's really interesting how we use that voting mechanism in our read application that is coming out now, but it's pretty exhilarating. So we have this organon for categorization. We have a thousand brains theory for how intelligence operates in the world. We have Stephen Wolfram's hypergraph theory for uh, space-time and uh, causality. And um, of course, we have Tom Gilb's systems engineering to structure everything as systems of systems of systems of systems. And the genius thing about Graph Matrix is that they have made a general description of what the system is. So 
What, the, for example, the construction industry is doing today is we're sitting together in groups, figuring out what type of ontologies are we going to use? Because like an ontology is like a mini world model for an AI that can operate in that domain. So you probably need core building, ventilation, electro, all of those subjects, mm -hmm. maybe economics, maybe transport, maybe like tenant specific ontologies. It never stops that truth. And it's going to get harder and harder and harder for each ontology. So what we have created or what Graph Matrix has created is this model that can just understand what the concept in that ontology is related to the concept in the general ontology. And that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah, so I can make an example. So we're working with the hospitals uh, to sort of uh, make an optimized space management application so they can use and build hospitals way more rationally based on truth, essentially. So what we're doing, uh, doing there is that we are, uh, first we're defining capacity, we're defining the concept rooms uh, by functionality according to the standard rooms catalog. Uh, and then you have this concept. So let's say that you get this patient that has these values, these needs, he has to get fixed. And then the system can ask for all the rooms and figure out which room is best for that patient. Essentially, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but you're asking for functionality. You're not just asking for objects and hiring seven consultants to tell you what the hell that means. So you create an intelligent system. And of course, the result of having that uh, system will be that you will have the information to build and uh, reconstruct hospitals in the best possible way. So that is uh, it's really interesting. It's your challenge. You say that the problem is so complex that people cannot understand it. And you might be right about it. It is too complex. But your challenge is then is to make it to break the way how you explain it and to make it much easier to understand until yes, yes, regular Petru. humans will understand. That's yes, what Petru. you need to You're do. describing my life. That is <laughs> what I do every day. It's very, very complex, way more complex than I've told you now. So it's, it's, it's about continuous learning and continuous talking and writing in order to articulate properly because it's not the investor's fault, it's my fault. I have to ask and you shall receive, but you know, the old Bible wisdom, but uh, asking is difficult. It's a difficult thing to ask. You have to learn, you have to understand the other person, you have to articulate yourself. You can't grow bitter just because they say, no, Petru, you have to have a better pitch. And not only that, always remember this. If you cannot yes. explain it to a six-year-old kid, then it means that you yourself don't really understand that well enough. So I heard this uh, saying, I read this saying somewhere, and every time I create a video or do something, I think about that. I think, this: did I make this simple enough to be so easy to understand? Of course, I don't do it all the time. I make mistakes, of course, but this calibrates me helps me a lot to think, okay, this sounds a bit too complicated. Maybe somebody who cannot understand this, how can I say it even simpler, right? So this is a nice rule to have to remember about and try to apply. It's a pretty funny saying actually, because it's, it's obviously created from open people that really understands complex stuff. 
that has learned stuff from pitching conservatives and what they're really <laughs> doing is calling conservatives six-year-olds but conservatives <laughs> they think within borders so you say some genius technological things and they hear something completely different so the problem is this reality is way more complicated than people think because it's relative and people are harming each other a lot because they don't understand each other because of communication because we see other functions in the same word so we speak way past each other and that's that's a really really big problem but it also explained to us why it's so hard to make general intelligence so in order to make general intelligence you need to describe things what things are in relation to each other you are not an object called petru you are defined through all your relation to people and things and what you are so it, things in understood by intelligence intelligence understanding is relative so you can't get to ai with sql databases obviously no chance and pattern recognition it seems impressive and it's very functional and it can save us a lot of money but it's definitely not intelligence intelligence is what you get from graph databases and when they are described using ontologies so that's why we need ontologies and when you are going to start your categorization as a serious ai company you cannot start with anything else than the organon what is this word again organon it's um, organon the, yeah it's aristotle's fundamental works in logic okay epistemology epistemology what does it mean to understand it's what they missed the ai researcher it means that people are operating in a world that is mixed by matter and what matters we have this layer of meaning that tells us how to orient in the world and yeah. it's our values that's a little bit different from each other that orients us so that's that's why we we're so clumsy the conservatives hate the liberals and the liberals hate the conservatives because they think everything is their fault but everything is none of their fault it's the problem of categorization and people don't know about it and that's mm. why they think that they can make general intelligence and of course it's going to take way 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 longer to get like operational robots in in the world but not automation this technology this conceptual computing technology can fix so much in industry before we sort of make social robots so the problem of hyper effectivizing industry is way easier than the problem of making real advanced ai so that's what it's really good and and the genius thing is that the problem all industry has is that databases doesn't talk to each other we try to wrap them all together using apis with this botch solution but then tim bernish lee comes in and says here you have a solid pod and we have this rds the data model for graph databases and we're standardizing ontologies in the web3 consortium so more and more knowledge can get represented so and he fixes the he fixes the infrastructure and he makes the industry ready for ai so it's the biggest values ever so So you can think that today uh, Facebook has a monopoly on ID and Google has a monopoly on search. Tim Berners-Lee is coming to get them because this product is going to be so much better. Think about it, Petru. You have all your digital stuff in one place. You don't have to organize it. You just ask an AI to find exactly what you need, and he uses 
a millisecond every time he gets everything right all the time and there is no there is no mess think about how much stress we have from like having all our information everywhere now we can have everything in one place solid pods for persons and trim pods for industry so that's what we've done we make a solid pod an industrial pod with the trim pod so what graph matrix and i4 technology really is in order to uh, to tell the conservative to understand we've figured out the most optimal way to structure data every it system uh, structures data in a way they solve the problem of categorization we solve that through aristotle there is no better way that's interesting i can't wait to see that product working and what it can do Oh, you will. Soon, soon we're getting so close. So uh, that's very good so, yeah. to hear. Yeah. I'm really looking forward that's, to that. That's sort of uh, sort of it. So it's data structure and infrastructure, the biggest problems. That's mm -hmm. what we're trying to solve, and then we're trying to persuade one. Uh, preferably Norwegian investor in order to really scale this up. But I don't mm -hmm. get the, the evaluation I need because people don't understand it. And I need people to understand it. And in order to understand it, they have to figure out what understanding is. And understanding is relative. It's a hard nut to crack. Maybe some of your viewers understand it and says, wow, we have to invest. <laughs> well, if somebody uh, does that, yeah, just leave a comment. Uh, plug. Tell us as well. Okay, Hokkaido. Yeah. Thank you very much for uh, your uh, philosophy hour. It was very nice. I, I learned a lot from this, like always, when I talk to you. Yeah, and thanks a lot. I wish you good luck with the project. Thank you. And uh, thanks a lot for uh, having me a third time. Or may is it the fourth time on your podcast now? What does it matter? It's not important. I think the number it's important. Is not important. It's cool. No. It's it's not everyone that gets four rounds. That room. Let it be I'm honored. unlimited. I'm very honored. Oh, I'm very okay. humbled and honored. <laughs> Come on. Don't say it doesn't matter. We live in the world of meaning. <laughs> matter and what matters is the same word. It's the reason for that, Petru. <laughs> for me, it's not. Uh, it's just a statistic, irrelevant statistic. For me, what's matter is that we talked about these things and uh, we share them with other people. What number it is, doesn't matter. So simple. You know what? We have different functionalities accorded with the concept of matter in our heads. So we're talking <laughs> past each other. It's what always happens. Yeah. Always. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's, uh, that's so true. Not only when it comes to our industry, generally in everyday life and everything. It's uh, like, I, I see that. I see that, yeah. It's where all human pain comes from. Not all, but most of it, you can mm -hmm. track back mm -hmm. to that.